Sup, bitches? Did you miss me? You know, that's not very nice of me to call you a bitch. Because you are my loyal fan. Singular. Because I think there's only probably one person listening to me. But I love you, mysterious stranger who is listening to my podcast. So I should not call you a bitch. That was out of line. I love you. So, uh, it's been a while, yeah. I think. I don't know, because I don't know when this episode's actually getting up, because I kind of want to try to get a bunch of episodes piled up so that I could try to get a somewhat consistent schedule and not just be super sporadic anymore, um, at least as best as I can for the time being. So, but whenever you're listening to this, I am glad you are. I am back. And I am still trying to work my way through Baywatch Nights. Because you shouldn't have to. So I will do it for you. Oh, good old Baywatch Nights. I've missed watching you, David Hasselhoff and Angie Harmon. More Angie Harmon I've missed watching her in a bikini. Um, which, by the way, uh, one of the episodes has already hit like over 2,000 uh, it's kind of crazy. It's not even one I would have expected to be super over. Um, I should check to see right now which one it is so that you know, so that you can rewatch it. Um, yeah, season one, episode five is at almost 3,000 views. Like, what the hell? Um, and I would say that's purely because. The thumbnail for it is Angie Harmon in a bikini. And you see that. How are you not going to click on it? Because you're going to think like, oh, I'm going to get to see Angie Harmon in a bikini. And, oh, no, it's just that picture. This isn't like an actual show. This is just some guy rambling while I look at a picture of Angie Harmon in a bikini. But there are several episodes. I actually do try often to use a picture of Angie Harmon in a bikini when possible. And not all of them have got this many views. So, I don't know. I don't know what particularly about this episode people really want to watch. But, that was episode 5. Today we are watching episode... Which episode are we on? Damn it, I lost my place. Episode 17! Code of Silence. Which... I don't know if it's uh, someone's mute, which I thought was going to be the case with Silent Witness. But, no, I think this is probably like, um, you know, a secret organization or a not-so-secret organization. Maybe like the police, how, you know, they have their code of silence where no one's going to, like, talk to each other. Or not talk to each other, but, you know, talk to the feds about what's really going on. So... I'm guessing someone murdered someone's dead and they're not going to be able to easily get to the bottom of it because there's a code of silence let me press play against my better judgment so we start off with an asian woman and i only mentioned she's asian because a i don't think i've seen an asian on any episode of baywatch nights yet and b because i'm guessing this is going to deal with the yakuza isn't it the Yakuza does have a code of silence. So, that's my guess where this episode's going. So, she's at the payphone. 
Well, her daughter goes off and walks onto the beach where there's a seagull that's trapped in a fishing net. And I imagine it's a stunt bird because I hope at least that on the set of Baywatch Nights, no animals were harmed. Except for the beavers that got a nightly pounding from David Hasselhoff. Oh, yeah! You knew I had to make a bad joke like that, right? Let's get that just out of the way. So, she sees the seagulls trapped in the fishing net. And here comes Hasselhoff to be like, Oh, that's okay. I will get him out. Because I am Hasselhoff. And I will save the seagulls. Even though seagulls are the douche bros of the animal kingdom, they still deserve to be saved from fishing nets. And so Hasselhoff does it with ease and shows the girl, like, he's all good. And he seagull goes flying off and... Hasselhoff tries to talk to the girl like, so what's your name? And not in that way. He's trying to be friendly. He's not trying to hit it with a eight-year-old girl. Hasselhoff, he likes the ladies, but he likes ladies of legal age. So let's make that clear. He's just trying to be friendly, but she won't talk. Because there's the code of silence. Or maybe she's a mute. Maybe both. And... The girl looks over and sees her mother at the payphone, and suddenly a limousine pulls up, and a bunch of Japanese guys, I shouldn't say Japanese guys, Asian guys, because I think they're going to be Japanese because I'm pretty sure they're Yakuza, but I shouldn't jump to that conclusion yet. So a bunch of Asian guys jump out of the limo and kidnap her, and they shoot at Hasselhoff, but Hasselhoff gets out of the way because... You know, he's fucking Hasselhoff. You can't shoot Hasselhoff. He's got lightning flat, lightning fast, lightning fast reflexes. And so he grabs the girl and gets her out of harm's way. While the Asian guys drive off with the mom to take her to the secret Yakuza place, probably. And then go to the credits. After the sun goes down, someone's gonna die. So Angie Harmon and Photo Boy arrive on the scene, and they're like, whoa, what's going on? Because there's just all these cops and camera people, news people. They're, like, all over this place. I don't know. This must be a big story. Which I guess, you know, there's some gunshots happening on the beach. You do send your reporters. I don't know if it's that big of a story. But they see, like, oh, Hasselhoff is talking to the police chief. Which, at first I thought he was talking to the news reporters, and I thought, like, wow, the news reporters are, like, asking some weird questions. But no, it would make more sense that he's talking to the police chief, who's trying to get some answers about what happened. And she asks, like, oh, did you get the license plate? And he's like, oh, I didn't really get it. And the police chief seems, like, annoyed. She's like, you didn't get the license plate? Which, back off, lady! You know, I know you're trying to do your due diligence, but how often do people really catch the license plate? If it's a vanity plate, like, yeah, like, oh, yeah, he had, like, hater, but instead of A-T-E, it was uh, the number eight. So it was H-8-R, hater. Like, okay, then I could see, like, yeah, that's gonna stick in my mind. But you just got some random, like, V-Q-L-33-17. I'm probably not gonna catch all of that license plate number. Especially if, like, it's just something, like, kind of running off, like, vroom! The police ask me, I'd be like, um, I think there was a Q in it? 
Maybe like a V? Maybe the letter four? Because exactly, I actually would say the letter four. <laughs> and the police would look at me like, what the fuck are you on? Like, no lady, I'm just stupid. So, but you know, it's, it's a limo. Full of Asian men that are dressed in suits. That's not a lot to go on, but it is something to go on. Of course, uh, the little Asian girl, she can't really... She can talk, as far as like David Hasselhoff knows, because he heard her scream. But she's not talking. So, you know, how much information are we going to get out of her? But Hasselhoff says he'll like go down to the police precinct with her to keep her safe. Like, he knows that she must be, like, scared and frightened of, like... Well, of course she's scared and frightened. I mean, she fucking saw her mom get kidnapped. But you can trust Hasselhoff because he saved the seagull. So, Hasselhoff is just like, you know, your new daddy. I'm just going to come and say it. Like, once your mom is saved again, Hasselhoff's probably going to bang her. And, like your real daddy... He will hit it and quit it. Even though Sir Mix-a-Lot tells us that you shouldn't hit it and quit it, Hasselhoff, he just... Sir Hasselhoff. Sir Hasselhoff and Sir Mix-a-Lot. Where was I going again? What was I talking about? Something happened, right? But anyhow, they found, like, the mom's coat at the scene and by the payphone, and there's some sort of powder, powder on it, and... The police chief thinks, like, oh, it's just talcum powder. But Angie Harmon's like, no, this doesn't feel like talcum powder. It's coarser. So, what could it be? Hopefully it's not ricin powder, because <laughs> you're all fucking dead. Oh my god, it was anthrax on her coat! You are all dead! I don't think they're gonna go that way, but... I mean, I don't know. Because my first thought was cocaine. That it was cocaine... On her coat. But I would like to think that a police officer could tell the difference between talcum powder and cocaine. Because they're like, you know, an expert in this shit. Me, I, I wouldn't be able to tell. I will fucking snort talcum powder. No, that's not true. I Because I won't snort cocaine. More likely, the confusion would be that I would... Uh, <laughs> spread talc uh, I would spread cocaine across my naughty parts that that would be my confusion between cocaine and talcum powder is that I would just apply it liberal I would apply cocaine liberally to my under bits now Lou Rawls swings by he's in town like hey remember Lou Rawls he used to own the bar and but it isn't just like a social visit I don't know if he's like because he says he was just in town for, like, a gig. But he's there to warn Donna Dierico. So is the gig, like, a cover? Or did it just happen to be, like, good good fortune that, like, Oh, hey, I happen to be playing here. By the way, uh, I've got a warning for you, Donna Dierico. There's this group of rich kids that are going around just trashing bars. And they're coming for your bar next. Luckily, I just happened to be in town <laughs> to warn you. Otherwise, ah, you'd be kind of up Shit's Creek, wouldn't you? And he's got a reliable source. Though Lou Rawls won't give up his source. 
Because he's got a code of silence. My God. I thought the code of silence was like this whole Yakuza plot. No, it's Lou Rawls. He has the code of silence. He cannot snitch. Because, you know, snitches get... I was going to say snitches get bitches, but... I think if snitches got bitches, then you'd probably see a lot more snitches. But, no, snitches get stitches. So Lou Rawl, he he lives by the code of the street. He'll give you a heads up, but he can't tell you who it is. Because that would compromise his source. Like, seriously, like, I can't tell you who it is or how I know that they're coming, but... It's his bandmates, isn't it? That, no, that would make sense. Because that is why he is in town around the same time that this group of wannabe rich boy thugs is planning to hit the bar. <laughs> like, it makes sense. It makes perfect sense. That's the only thing that makes sense. So Don D'Arco tells Garner and is like, well, we got to do something. We can't call the police. And Photo Boy comes in. And he's like, oh, what's going on? Oh, yeah, our bar is probably going to get trashed. And we're going to handle it ourselves. And Photo Boy is like, yeah, I'm ready. And Garner gives him this look as like, what the fuck you say, white boy? <laughs> you think you're going to do something? You think you're going to take care of this? You're a fucking rich white boy photographer kid. Let Garner handle it. Garner and Lou Rawls. Lou Rawls could handle it, but, you know, he's got to protect his source, right? And plus, you know, he's got his gig. He's got to go perform somewhere so the asian guys who may or may not be the yakuza bring the asian mom to some other asian guy and that asian guy is mad because they didn't get the daughter as well and you know the head of the driving asian guys he's like i'm you know the daughter was separated and there was too many people we couldn't get her and the angry asian guy slaps him and then tells them to take the mom to some other Asian guy. And, you know, if it weren't for my racism, not my capital R racism, I'm not, like, outwardly racism, I have that, you know, blind spot racism in that I don't know which Asian is which because they have Asian names. And But if, if you've listened to my podcast, I have the same problem with people of every race, even the white people. <laughs> Unless you're a famous star, I have no fucking clue who you are halfway through these. Like, oh, um, this person who was doing that thing. I don't know who any of these people are. I know Angie Harmon. Oh my god, Angie Harmon. Just, who has not been in a bikini yet this episode. But still early. It's still early. I still have hope. Anyhow, you know, they're going to take the Asian mom to maybe the head of the Yakuza. I don't know. Um, but, you know, the cop lady, she's, uh, gonna drop the little Asian girl with some nuns. The little Asian girl's scared. She wants David Hasselhoff to stay with her, or for her to stay with David Hasselhoff. And, you know, I don't blame her. I would rather hang out with David Hasselhoff than a bunch of nuns. You know, even if David Hasselhoff wasn't the other option, I probably would choose option B over fucking nuns. Nuns are scary. And this tears at David Hasselhoff's heart because he can see, like, you know, the pain and fear she's going through. And Angie Harmon tells Hasselhoff, like, it's okay. 
So we find missing people. That's the type of shit we do, and we're going to find her mom and get them out of trouble. And David Hasselhoff turns to her and says, You know why I like you? And Angie Harmon says, I know. And then they drive off. No, I, I want to know. Why, Hasselhoff, why do you like Angie Harmon? Because I imagine I'm, it's got to be more than just because she's fucking smoking hot. She's a great person too, right? I mean, it, it should be obvious that, you know, it's her sparkling personality plus her smoking hot good looks. So I guess, you know, we should know why Hasselhoff likes Angie Harmon. It shouldn't be a question, but I would have liked it to be answered because I don't like loose ends like that. I don't like hanging questions. Maybe by the end of the episode, we'll find out. But I guess Angie... And Angie Harmon, you're just presuming to know Hasselhoff's mind? Because she probably is thinking like, well, of course you like me. I'm fucking smoking hot. Hasselhoff, you have to tell me before the end of the episode why it is you like Angie Harmon. Over at the bar, a bunch of douchebag frat boy meatheads come in, and they're probably the ones uh, causing all the trouble, right? Because they look like it. They're just kind of moseying along and just pushing people out of their way like oh we're taking over the pool table so we are douchebags and Donna the Oracle's like oh fuck this I can handle them cause you know they're douchebag frat boys and she is hot so you know she could probably just blow them all and they'd be like okay we're gone no she doesn't even have to blow them she just flashes them a smile a smile what you think Donna Derrico's a hussy and it's going to be flashing her boobs? No, she's going to flash a smile at them. And they're like, oh, but hey, baby. And she's like, you know, I heard that there's some ruffians going around breaking up bars. And the head one's like, yeah, I- I've heard that too. And she's like, but that ain't going to happen around here. And he's like, yeah, what makes you think so? And then he picks up his pool cue like he's going to fucking knock her across the head. Like, dude, I understand you're a douchebag, but you're going to threaten a woman with a pool cue? Like, okay, yeah, you're rich and your daddy's money is, like, getting you out of trouble, but you think, like, you think you're going to, like, not cause... Oh, well, of course, he, you know, it's going to cause, like, a riot. And that's what he wants. He just wants, like, fucking, like, the excitement, the fun. But, dude! You're threatening to hit a woman with a pool cue. It's called pool cue, right, the stick? I don't know. I don't play pool. I... I am not cool. You have to be cool to play pool. Those are the rules. I don't make them. But, Don Diarico's like... I'll make you a challenge. Challenge you to a game of pool. If I win, you guys have to leave. And of course, douchebag fret boy. It's like, oh, of course, I'm playing against a girl. Of course, I'll take that bet. And he never even gets a chance to play anything because, whoop, she uh, scores all the balls. I don't know. I don't know the rules of pool. I thought, like, you take turns. Is that only if you don't knock a ball into the hole? So, like, if you keep knocking the balls in the hole, you can win the entire game with the other person not getting a chance? 
I don't know. I don't know the rules of pool. But apparently that's how it works. And so, oh. You guys lost. You gotta beat it. And the guy's like, oh, I got hustled. What can I do? We're gonna leave. And the B plot has been resolved. Quicker than usual. That's good. I'm gonna bet that they're gonna come back. Uh, Douchebag's not gonna be really that happy about being beaten by a chick. He's gonna pretend like, oh, yeah, that's cool. You won fair and square. But, no, I, I, I think he's gonna come back at night and be like, yeah, now we're gonna fuck shit up. Meanwhile, Hesshoff gets a call from Lady Cop Chief, detective, whatever. She she's she's on the charge of the case, and oh, the little Asian girl uh ran away from the nuns. Oopsie. So Hesshoff, he's gonna get on the case. He's gonna find her. Like, oh, we can't do this. Like, what the fuck? Why'd you let her escape? And Lady Cop's like, this isn't a prison. It was a fucking nun house. You know, we didn't think she was going to run away. I think Hasselhoff knew. I think Hasselhoff knew that that was a possibility. But he, he chose to put his faith in things and you guys fucked up. So now Hasselhoff's got to go and fix things. And he puts on his bob, his brown Adidas bomber jacket. Which seriously, I'm going to get one of those. And that's what I'm going for as Halloween this year. <laughs> and people ask like, well, what are you? I am David Hasselhoff in Baywatch Nights. That'd be a fucking awesome costume. That is, that, that, that is my Halloween costume. <laughs> David Hasselhoff in Baywatch Nights. Then, meanwhile, over at the uh, Asian Palace or wherever, I don't know, the bunch of, like, Asian guys are... So, it's gotta be Japanese, because they're watching, like, a geisha. Geisha? Geisha? Uh, doing a dance. And I'm pretty sure geisha is a Japanese thing. Could be a Chinese thing. So, for the sake of being on the safe side, I'm sticking with Asian. And it's a bunch of Japanese businessmen watching it, and the head Japanese businessman who's throwing the party, he gets put aside by... The head Yakuza guy, I'm just going to come out and say he's a Yakuza guy, but they just don't want to actually say it. Because uh, of the code of silence. They can't, but you know, he works for uh, people over in Japan. Oh, he did say Japan. So, okay, I can go with saying that these are Japanese people. No, I can't. Because that is kind of offensive, actually, to be like, they all have to be Japanese, because the Chinese and... Koreans, they don't hang out with the Japanese. So they're all, they're Asians. That is what's important. Ford storyline, because it involves the Yakuza. Not any other reason why it's important they're Asian. Otherwise, you know, their race is kind of like irrelevant. But apparently the mom, she's made a disc with all sorts of like information of like, plans and transaction numbers and I don't know you know you know how it goes it's just one of those disks with information that they can't let out because there's a code of si okay. actually I don't think the code of sounds applies it's just more um this gets out we're all fucked and going down so 
But the mom still won't uh, give up the disc until she knows her daughter's home and safe. And the Yakuza guy's like, yeah, fuck this. We are going to fucking torture you. And they put some electrodes to the Asian mom's forehead, her temples. They're going to give her some electroshock. And then we cut away. Because we're not going to actually see the electroshock. At least I kind of hope not. I, I don't know how it would feel if Baywatch Nights showed us torture. That, that, it just wouldn't fit into the otherwise, you know, happy family vibe of this show. So Hasselhoff's on the case and is driving around looking for the little girl. And he drives through the Asian neighborhood. Which, um, to me seems a little racist to automatically assume that she went to, like, the Asian part of town. But, I mean, that is where she ran to, so... I guess, you know, I mean, it's a good lead. Uh, if you're gonna start off, like... Still seems a little racist to me, but... That is why I am not a detective. And so she... He doesn't find her, but she finds a store... Run, run by some woman that I think knows her. Because she's like, hurry up, come in, quick. And she's going to hide the little girl. Meanwhile, the Yakuza guy is driving around. And he hasn't found the girl either. So he go, pulls up to a corner where this one guy is standing. And he's like, hey, you want to make some money? And I'm sure the guy was thinking, oh, this guy wants me to blow him. I get it. And he's ready to hop in the car. But the Yakuza guy's like, have you seen this girl? And he slips him the photo with a $100 bill. Like, yeah, I want you to look around. And maybe you find someone. And when you find the girl, you give me a call. And the guy's like, whew, I can make money and I don't have to blow him. And I gotta say, Yakuza guy is pretty trusting. How do you know that the guy doesn't even live there and was just visiting for the night and he's just gonna take your $100 and vamoose? Because he's part of the Yakuza and Yakuza, they can find things. But it looks like the guy is gonna look for the little girl because he probably figures there might be more money if I actually find her. I don't know. Strange guy comes up to me in a car and gives me $100 to look for someone. I might take the risk that, yeah, I'm going to not look for the girl. Because what is a Yakuza guy going to do? Be like, did you even look? I, can be like, I fucking looked all over the place. Could not find her. No one knows. Um, please don't make me blow you. I don't know. I'm just saying, Yakuza guy seems a little too trusting of handing off this uh, important task to a fucking stranger. The next morning, Hasselhoff walks into the bar, and he's like, Angie, I can't find her. He looked everywhere, and just no luck. And he's talking very loudly, by the way. Which, you know, maybe he's like, eh, the bar, you know, is pretty empty. There's really just me 
Angie Harmon, Donna Derrico, and this random Asian guy over there in the corner. No need to worry about a random Asian guy when we're dealing with a case with Asian people. Um, by the way, I don't think an Asian person's ever been in this bar before. Because again, I don't think I've seen an Asian person on the show. So, but no worries about the Asian guy. Let's talk loudly about how we're looking for an Asian girl. And and Jarman, she her instincts were right. She took a little bit of the powder to run a test. Not talcum powder. So rice powder, not ricin. Don't worry. No one's no one's gonna die. No one's gonna die. A rice powder, as in it's made of rice, and it's the kind of rice powder that geishas use. Hmm. That might be a clue. And Hasselhoff finally notices the Asian guy who keeps looking at them because they're talking loudly about looking for an Asian girl. And I don't know why I'm talking so loudly. But, so he goes up, Hasselhoff goes over like, so what's the deal? Why do you keep looking at me? I know I'm super fucking handsome. No, he doesn't say that. But the Asian guy is like, I've been looking for you because my granddaughter is kidnapped and I saw your picture in this Asian newspaper. This like Japanese newspaper that's, I guess, published purely for like little Tokyo, for the little Asian neighborhood, which, okay, yeah, I mean, I guess I could see they would have their own little newspaper. Not sure why David Hasselhoff is like front and center. Is it because like, you know, he saved the little Asian girl. Like, oh, this is big news. Tell us where the reporters that were on the scene. Was the reporters from, like, the Asian neighborhood. Because they're like, an Asian girl was saved by the white savior. The white savior Hasselhoff. But it's a good thing, because now uh, the grandfather, who's like a retired Japanese military guy, he looked for Hasselhoff. He's like, you know, if we team up, we have a better chance of finding her. And so all he has to go on, like the Japanese guy, the Japanese grandfather, all he has to go on is his daughter called him, like all scared, and said that she had something that people wanted. In case you forgot already, it's that disc with the information. I assume. She might have just been calling her like, uh, yeah, I got this uh, bootleg DVD and everyone's after me for it. So, and then they ask him, um, does your granddaughter speak English? He's like, oh, yeah. She's like top of her class. She knows English like the back of her hand. And they're like, it's weird because she wouldn't speak at all. And the Japanese grandfather's worried. Like, He's like, oh, no. That means that she has taken... A code of silence. Which, hooray! I, You know what? I get happy when, like, the title is actually used in, like, the episode of the show or in a movie. When they actually come out and say the title, it's like, oh, yeah, that's what the title means. So, hooray! It's called a, t a titular line. And... 
you know, I just wish more movies would do it. Um, I don't know if you've watched Upright Citizens Brigade, but they got a great sketch on that. And this guy's claiming that he has the titular line in Star Wars where he comes out on the ship and says, I'm so tired of these Star Wars. And I think that would be a fucking great line. Apparently George Lucas didn't think so, but I think so. So Hesshoff and the grandfather are looking around, and no one seems to have seen the little girl. Oh no, what are they going to do? But there's a lead. Angie Harmon has a lead, because, you know, we know the rice powder is from Geisha. And there is a shop in town that not only makes the kimonos for Geisha's, also makes the wigs. Because there's lots of places that will do the kimono, but only one place that does the wig. So, let's follow up here. And Hesshoff's like, good thinking, we'll be right there. And so she goes and she talks to the woman. You're like, uh, private investigator, I'm looking for this girl. And the lady's like, do you happen to know Hasselhoff? She's like, well, that's my partner. Okay, come right in. So I guess the little girl... Oh, I mean, obviously she didn't say Hasselhoff. She said, you know, Mitch, because that's Hasselhoff's character. But, you know, apparently the little girl must have told her, like, you know, Hasselhoff saved me, and she he's the only one I trust. And so, you know, if she works with Hasselhoff, any friend of Hasselhoff is a friend of mine. That sort of deal, right? Right. What am I right? Right, right, right. <laughs> I don't know what I'm. I'm just kind of delirious at this point, aren't I? I'm delirious because I still haven't gotten Angie Harmon in a bikini. What's the point of watching this show if I don't get Angie Harmon in a bikini? But there is some trouble. Because that uh, random stranger that is supposed to be looking for the girl, he calls the Yakuza guy. Like, I found the girl. Yakuza guy's like, are you sure? And he says, yes, I assume. Because he says it in Japanese. So I don't know what exactly he says. But I'm assuming he says, like, yeah, I found the girl and she's at uh, so-and-so place. But, you know, there's still the possibility the guy's just fucking lying. Like, yeah, uh, she's over there. Go look for her. By the way, um, I'm gone. I will be leaving this town. You cannot find me whatsoever. I'm taking your hundred bucks and hightailing it out of here because he got the hundred bucks and didn't have to blow anyone and I think that you know anytime that you get a hundred dollars without having to blow someone that's a good day so Angie Harmon then goes sees the little girl and she's like don't worry Hasselhoff is on his way to see you and the little girl's all happy and excited like alright Hasselhoff she still doesn't speak code of silence but She's happy. But oh no! Someone's at the shop. And Angie Harmon peeks out. And it's the Yakuza guys. And they're not gonna care that, you know, the shop is closed. They're just gonna fucking trash the place. Like, they break the windows. It's glass doors. So they just break their way in. In broad daylight. Because they're Yakuza. Which, did no one tell them? Like, I mean, that shit flies in Japan. Because everyone's like, oh, uh, you know, it's the Yakuza. We are not gonna fuck with this. You guys do what you want. Here in America, 
Yeah, in America, you probably can still do what you want. But, you know, if you've got the guns. But, you know, like, you don't think someone's going to call the police and the police are going to come and they're like, oh, minority, with a gun, shoot, shoot, shoot. We're not going to even ask questions. But Angie Harmon pulls out her gun. But there's three Yakuza guys to one Angie Harmon. And she realizes it's not going to work out. Now, the Yakuza guys are taking the little girl with them. Like, ha, 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 we're winning. But luckily, Hasselhoff has appeared just at that moment. And so before the Yakuza can make off with the girl, he grabs the girl and goes running. He saves her. Yay! And he catches the cab to give the Yakuza guys the slip because they're chasing on foot. So they're like, oh, no, we can't do anything. And then Hasselhoff brings her... Back to the shop? The Geisha shop? Uh, are you sure this is a good idea, Hasselhoff? Because I would think that that would be the first place the fucking Yakuza goes back to look. If for no other reason, they know that the shop owner was hiding the little girl. Well, we'll kidnap the shop owner and torture her. Because uh, they're going to be waiting there. They're not, but... You don't know that, Hasselhoff. Why did you... I I don't agree with your plan here, Hasselhoff. Hasselhoff finds Angie Harmon and the shop owner tied up in the back. And I can't be sure, but I think Angie Harmon might not be wearing a bra. It's a bit nipply, if I may say so myself. And then I forgot what happened next, because I'm thinking about Angie Harmon's nipples. But... They can't get call the cops in on the situation because, you know, the Yakuza sees police are involved. They're killing the daughter, the mother, the grandfather's daughter, who is the mother of the little girl. And so Hesloff is like, okay, we got to handle this ourselves. And Garner uses his connections to find... He's got connections in the Asian division, which I'm not going to go back to check to make sure, but I'm... I think he actually said Asian division in the police force. Um, so, you know what? This was the mid-90s. Yeah, they probably did have something racist sounding like the Asian division. Um, whole squad of cops dedicated to solving Asian crimes. Or are they just Asians? Asians solving Asians' crimes. I... Sure, whatever. And it leads back to the businessman's, like, place where, you know, he has the big parties where everyone watches the geishas dance. So they think, okay, this is probably it. And over at the businessman's place, he's... Thankfully, we haven't seen the actual torture of the mom, but she looks like she's been through hell, and the electrodes are still, like, tied up to the temples of her head. But... Still, she won't reveal where the disc is. And Yakuza guy comes in. And he's like, have you had any luck? And businessman's like, no. And Yakuza's like, fuck this shit. I'm taking over. He pulls out a gun. Um, You know, I think you gotta... Yakuza guy, you gotta give him a little leeway here. Like, yeah, he's failing at this. But you also failed at your fucking job of getting the granddaughter. But anyhow, he pulls the gun, and he points it at the mom. They're like, oh, you're going to tell me where it is now. 
And then he shoots the businessman. Just to show that he's serious. Like, yeah, I shot this guy. I've got no qualms about shooting you. But she's like, you know, I would have given the disc to him. But I'm never giving it to you. And then he doesn't shoot her. Because, you know, if he does shoot her, they'll never find out where the disc is. And then we get some awesome action. Which... That's redundant to say. Because um, any action that happens on Baywatch Nights is pretty awesome. So, Hasselhoff and Garner sneak onto the businessman's property. I think it's the businessman. I don't know. Wherever they were hiding the mom. And they're going through the guards. The guards are trying their best martial arts. But, you can't fuck with Hasselhoff and Garner. They just are kicking ass everywhere. And But then one guard pulls a gun on Garner. But luckily the old Japanese grandpa dude also snuck in there and hits the guy from behind. Woohoo! But where it truly gets awesome, there's a guard on a bridge. And Hasselhoff jumps out from the water to sneak attack this guy and knock him out. It is glorious. He's just I don't even know at what point Hasselhoff got into the water to hide. And, oh my god, this is like fucking like Navy SEAL shit. Um, is Hasselhoff's character a Navy SEAL guy? That would be so awesome. That would make this so much more awesome. But the awesomeness does not end there. Because then, the house, which is like a dojo house, Hasselhoff comes crashing through the wall. Which, I mean, it's a dojo house, so it's not like, you know, it's a fucking steel wall or even a brick or wood wall of a regular house. So it's kind of plywood, but still, an awesome shot of Hasselhoff just coming crashing through like he's a fucking maniac. Because, you know, he is a maniac at this part because, you know, he's got to save the woman. And so that just turns him into, like, fucking berserker rage. Um, I look there. Berserker rage happens a lot on Baywatch nights, but I'm not done. I'm not done. So he comes crashing through, knocks out some guards. So the head Yakuza guy, he's uh comes out and he's got his gun. But unfortunately, which I forgot to mention, he was kind of fucking around playing mind games with the mom, and had only put one bullet and doing like some Russian roulette on her, like. You tell me, or I'm going to keep pulling the trigger. And at some point, it's going to be the one with the bullet. And because of that, he starts shooting the Hasselhoff. And unfortunately, he keeps getting the empty chambers. So Hasselhoff punches him. And the guy's like, okay, fuck this. I've got a samurai sword. And I'm going to fuck your shit up, David Hasselhoff. I'm going to cut you to pieces. But no, because it's Hasselhoff. And Hasselhoff knocks him out with a piece of wood. Uh, doesn't knock him out, knock him out, just hits him to the point of he drops the sword, because he just got hit with a big fucking piece of wood, and Hasselhoff grabs him and throws him out the dojo wall. Not the one he came through, a different one, because he is just fucking wrecking this place. And so, of course, we get the slow motion falling out of the dojo wall side, and he falls in the water. It is glorious. That things like this is why I watch Baywatch Nights. 
No, I I can't even really give you a reason why I'm watching Baywatch Nights. <laughs> it just seemed like such a good idea at the time. But scenes like that make me glad that I made this poor, otherwise poor decision of watching Baywatch Nights. And so, since Hasselhoff has saved the day, the grandfather's got a gift for him. A nice pair of samurai swords. And Hasselhoff's like, whoa, this is uh, too much. I cannot accept this gift. But Grandpa says, this isn't a gift. Because you can't just give samurai swords. You have to earn them. And you, Hasselhoff, have proven worthy and you must take these and continue to bring honor to them. And Hasselhoff is like, will do, sir. I will bring honor to these samurai swords because, oh my god, please. This, this show doesn't do much in ways of continue, con, continuity. Continuity. <laughs> this show doesn't do much in a way of continuity. But I so hope that we're going to get future episodes where Hasselhoff is wielding samurai swords. That would be awesome. Just amazing. And then he's also got a gift for the young girl. It's a little toy seagull because the first time they met, it was because of seagull. And the little girl is like so moved that she says, thank you. Thereby breaking the code of silence. And then she says, I love you. And Hasselhoff's like, I love you too. As he hugs her. And there's tears in his eyes. Because he knows that she he's never going to see her again. Because, again, this show does not have continuity. But at least he's aware enough to know that there's no continuity. And he will never see this girl again. Even though, you know, in real life, if they had made this, like, bond and he saved her and saved her mother that they probably would keep some contact with him i would think at the very least like he's gonna bang her mom that is why they're never gonna see again because <laughs> grandpa's like uh you, you deserve samurai swords but don't touch my fucking daughter or i will slice you with those samurai swords because you have not mastered them yet you've earned them but you have not mastered the art of the samurai. And so that concludes Season 1, Episode 17, Code of Silence! And if my math is correct, that means I only have 27 more episodes to go. I... I can do it. I can do it. Just give me... Um, even though I got no Angie Harmon in a bikini this episode, I got that fucking awesome scene where he jumps out of the water. So that, that little action sequence makes up for the lack of bikinis. And, um, and the B-plot really, I feel like the B-plot was kind of just there because they were short, like 10 minutes of the episode, because that kind of like resolved really quick like oh there's gonna be uh people trying to break up the destroy the bar i'll win it with a game of pool which lou rawls how did you know this who's your source will we learn lou rawls source of information i don't know i love you guys